No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the woman has a troubled night in which she dreams that she looks for her lover but cannot find him. This is followed by Solomon's wedding procession. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Song of Solomon chapter 3 on Simply the Bible. We continue today in the Song of Solomon, and as I have been telling you each day, if you haven't checked out the first episode, Song of Solomon chapter 1, I would encourage you to do that in my introduction. I talk about the interpretation I've taken with this, and there are various ways of interpreting it, and so I think it's just a good background for each of these studies. You can do that by checking out our Simply the Bible podcast. We continue Song of Solomon chapter 3, and this opens up with the woman speaking again, and there are differences of opinion on how this should be interpreted. Some see this as her having a dream. Other people see this as reality. Some people see this as them uh, at the time they are already married. Some see it as the time right before their marriage. I believe it's right before their marriage and that it is a dream, but you can judge for yourself. All night long on my bed, I looked for the one my heart loves. I looked for him, but did not find him. I will get up now and go about the city through its streets and squares. I will search for the one my heart loves. So I looked for him, but did not find him. The watchmen found me as they made their rounds in the city. Have you seen the one my heart loves? Scarcely had I passed them when I found the one my heart loves. I held him and would not let him go till I had brought him to my mother's house, to the room of the one who conceived me. So the first question, is this a dream that she is having? Now, again, we believe this is Abishag and Solomon is her lover Is she dreaming or is it reality? Well, she says, all night long on my bed, I looked for the one my heart loves. Now, unless she is looking for him under the covers all night long, it's hard for me to think that this is reality. I think it's a dream. She's on her bed and in her dream, she's looking for her lover. Now, we know that dreams are motivated many times by the subconscious things we're thinking about. And I believe that this indicates she has fears that she might lose Solomon. Now, we could understand this because she was a country girl and he was king. But this also is symbolic for the struggles and fears that do exist in every couple who is considering marriage. And that is the way it should be because this is such an important decision. Under the scripture, we believe that what God has joined together, man must not separate. So we need to make sure that this is the right person before we get married. And so it would seem that the relationship here is being put to the test as well it should be. Now, I remember when Cindy and I had met, we had been dating for a couple of months probably, and and I believed that she was the one. I knew I loved her and felt like God had brought us together. So I approached our pastor and I was working there on staff at the church and I wanted his opinion. 
And he said, I think you should give this some more time and pray about it. And if it's God's will that you pray that God will bring you closer together, and if not, that he will separate you. Well, that wasn't exactly what I wanted to hear, but I did have a lot of respect for him and thought that that made sense. So I went to Cindy and I said, Cindy, this is what I said. This is what he said. This is what I think we should do. And she, at first, was a little taken aback, like I was trying to give her the cold shoulder or something. But she and I both prayed that prayer, Lord, if this is your will, bring us closer together. And it wasn't easy because we knew that we loved each other, but we really did want God's will. And in the process of that waiting, God did bring to light some things we needed to talk about before our marriage. And it ended up being a really good thing that we did that. So I think it is important that the courtship be used as an opportunity to let God speak about the relationship and whether or not this is the right person. How long should the engagement last? Well, long enough to give God the opportunity to say no. That's what I say. When people come to me and say, well, you know, we think we're supposed to get married. And I will say, well, have you given God the opportunity to say no? Now, God often uses circumstances and others to show us that he is saying no. And we would be wise to listen to him when he is telling us that. Now, in the process of Abishag dealing with her fears, she does come to a resolution that she wants to marry Solomon and that this is the right thing to do. Now, in her dream, she pursues her beloved and she's going through the streets, looking about the city. She comes to the watchman asking them, have you seen the one my heart loves? Now, that's interesting because she has no problem pursuing her lover. I have heard that women want to be loved. Men want to be pursued. And there's nothing wrong with a woman pursuing her husband here. She wants him and that's fine. She's not being aggressive per se, but she does make it clear that she wants him. And most guys want to be wanted. Now she finds him. And when she finds him, she holds him and won't let him go. You got to love this commitment. And I believe this is really speaking of the fact that in marriage, we do become one flesh and it is until death do we part. And she is making this decision as she has been wrestling with all of her fears and the decision about actually going through with the marriage. At this point, she is making the decision. She's resolving that this is the right thing to do. And she wants to bring him to the room of the one who conceived her. Now, this does not mean that she's bringing Solomon home to meet mother, but in her dream, she is taking Solomon to the bedroom where her mother conceived her. This is speaking of sexual intimacy. She is imagining this. She's picturing herself, giving herself to Solomon in marital union. Now, that is something that clearly does happen as couples are courting in the sense of it's something they think about. Now, I do believe they should be celibate and avoid premarital sex, but let me just tell you, in counseling many people, a lot of times people step over the line and go too far uh, sexually. Now, that's a problem. And she's going to address this problem, but it's not unusual that at least they are dreaming about that wedding night, which is what occurred here. 
Now, then she says, daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. So, so understanding that she's thinking about their wedding night and then saying to her maidens, hey, listen, let me tell you again. This is, she said this before. Let me tell you again. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires, until it's the right time. Because uh, once those drives kick into gear, it is difficult to stop it. Verse 6 now changes the whole scene to the wedding day. Who is this coming up from the desert like a column of smoke perfumed with myrrh and incense made from all the spices of the merchant? Look, it is Solomon's carriage escorted by 60 warriors, the noblest of Israel, all of them wearing the sword, all experienced in battle, each with his sword at his side, prepared for the terrors of the night. King Solomon made for himself the carriage. He made it of wood from Lebanon. Its posts he made of silver. Its base of gold. Its seat was upholstered with purple. Its interior lovingly inlaid by the daughters of Jerusalem. Come out, you daughters of Zion, and look at King Solomon wearing the crown, the crown with which his mother crowned him on the day of his wedding, the day his heart rejoiced. And so now she sees Solomon coming up from the desert like a column of smoke. Now, he would have been coming from Jerusalem, and it seems that he is going out into the country, into the, the hills of Ephraim, which is where we believe that uh, Abishag lived, and he's coming to her in this carriage, ready for their wedding. Now, often the bridegroom would go to the home of his bride and pick her up and then take her uh, to his place. Well, this is what seems to be happening here, but it looks as though that the marriage will take place out in the country, and then the two of them will go back in the carriage to Jerusalem, to the palace, where she will become his bride and queen. This is what's pictured. Now, this carriage is perfumed with myrrh and incense made from all the spices of the merchant. So Solomon has done everything he can to make this the most perfect carriage uh, with the fragrances and so forth, the perfect situation for his bride. And it is escorted by 60 warriors, the noblest of Israel. Now this speaks of the protection that Solomon is giving his bride. And that's important clearly as a husband to protect our wives and I think that most every woman wants to be protected by her husband. And so King Solomon is, is doing that. Now, the carriage itself is made of wood from Lebanon. Its posts are made of silver, the base of gold. The seat was upholstered with purple. Its interior was lovingly inlaid by the daughters of Jerusalem. And so now this was common that kings would travel in luxurious carriages and this is what's happening here. This is sort of like the limo, right? For the wedding, he wanted it to be fit for her. And notice here, it's the daughters of Jerusalem that have lovingly inlaid it specifically for Solomon's bride. Solomon himself is wearing the crown that his mother crowned him with on the day of his wedding. So this is not the king's crown, uh, I don't think, but a special crown that his mother Bathsheba gave to him for this wedding day, the day his heart rejoiced and so he comes in the carriage by himself they are married in the country then 
they go back to the palace where they would consummate their marriage and have their wedding night, which we will get to next time. One last thing is the picture of Christ that this brings. Now, as we will go with him when he comes to receive us. Now, we won't need a carriage at that point because we will just hear the trumpet sound and we will go at the rapture of the church and be caught up together with the Lord in the air. But the Lord also said that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, that I will come back and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And this speaks here of the marriage supper of the Lamb and the place that the Lord is preparing for his bride. I'd like to just close with Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready and to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And then he said to me, write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. And so with this same sort of enthusiasm that the bride in our love song looks forward to Solomon coming for the wedding day. So we ought to be looking forward with great anticipation to that day that our bridegroom comes for us, takes us to where he is. We enjoy the marriage supper of the lamb. And if there is one thing you want to make sure of today, it is that your name is written in the lamb's book of life. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll see where the two lovers finally celebrate their wedding night, enjoying their beautiful and secret garden. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Song of Solomon on Simply the Bible.